And welcome to another edition of Bella Hookman's Curse. As always, I'm your host, Steve Sutherland, alongside Julian Amarante. Julian, how you doing today on this just absolutely rainy bastard of a day? Yeah, well, in a couple of weeks, I'll be in Lancaster, England, so I... Uh, it's like training. Yeah. It's like yeah, practice. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of like a custom. But I'm like, I'm, I'm fighting this terrible cold. I'm like, I'm hopped up on cold medicine, caffeine frenzied. I'm going crazy, actually. How are you doing again? You're looking good again today. Uh, feeling feeling good. Um, did uh, I went had really just uh, I had chicken and waffles for breakfast today. I think nice. that's what it is. Nice. Uh, you and Lars are going to be talking, was, talking about real oh, breakfast now. Oh, it was so good. Like the the chicken is actually really good. Uh, I went to this uh, nice, uh, very very nice place. Uh, Alo uh, Coco something. I don't remember the name. We're on the Gatineau side. Or yeah, the I side? went on the Gatineau side because okay. it is like the the French version of Cora's, right? Yeah. By the like, way, we're at the home office today in in Gatineau, Quebec. This is where we usually record from, over on on on, on the the right side of the Ottawa River, I would say. So it's uh, it's been a rather exciting week of football. Anything anything that's caught your eye? Uh, we're going to talk about uh, the Libertadores. Uh, I have a few things to say about that, but. I, I understand that you spent a lot of time watching uh, the Under-17 Women's World Cup, uh, and you have a lot that you want to say about this. Absolutely fantastic tournament. Great to see. Oh, well, first of all, disappointed for the Canadian team. Um, just unfortunately, they couldn't get over those last two games against Mexico and then New Zealand in the third-place match. But uh, to finish fourth ahead of so many, you know, powerhouse women footballing countries yeah. like the americans didn't even get out of the group this is a good sign then for like, canada this uh, is a good sign for the yeah. future i think it is i think the i think the only real worrying aspect that i had was that uh, really the canadians had a very hard time finishing um but that tends to happen in these types of tournaments for most teams especially when you come up against uh teams that are either on your level or a bit ahead of your level um, very surprised to see how well Mexico is doing compared to how their, you know, their overaged women's team does. Um, yeah. They're typically not on the same level of the Canadians and the Americans, but the Mexicans have really started to develop a women's program that looks like it could be very strong in the next 10, 15 years. Are we starting to see some parity? I think so. Um, at, at this age group, I don't think... Uh, you're starting to see it a little bit. Obviously, I think the Americans are still like just so much further ahead of most countries. Yeah, they'll still be. You can still give the Americans a good game, um, but for the most part, just the depth that they have uh, is incredible. But uh, big shout! Like Spain won the tournament, um, and they've done well in the European women's tournaments as well recently. Uh, both at this age group and upper age groups, so it's uh, it's very interesting to see. We've seen FC Barcelona women's team, uh, FC Femini, have just really started to come in cool. and really challenge Leon. Really... Uh, they're challenging Leon and PSG in the uh, in the you know the Champions League for for the women's Champions League. But I have to say, uh, just because I want to stick on this idea of women's football, Manchester United women's team wins again. Uh, 2-0 this weekend. That's five wins on the trot. They are top of the table. Second division because they are. It is their first year having a, having a team, but uh, hopefully such- they can keep it up and at least one one team in Manchester can, can win games. You're such a homer. 
You're such a homer, but it's okay. You bleed that club, don't you? Uh, you know what? I have to support every aspect of it. You yeah. can't just support the men's team. You can't uh, support absolutely. the youth. you got to support all aspects. I agree entirely. Uh, so, I guess let's get into it. Uh, great matches. Well, I wouldn't say great matches across the Premier League over uh, over this weekend. Interesting. But, uh, yeah, that's a real nice way, I think, to uh, to say it. You know, we had some, some pretty... Pretty interesting scores. Cardiff over Wolves. Which is that's a, that's a, that's a major upset. Yeah, that's a major upset. Uh, City, I think, expected over Burnhamth, but the scoreline I think definitely flatters City. I think Burnhamth really tried to take the game to them, which was totally impressed with their manager. I they're, they're fearless. They were not afraid by, uh, of Manchester. I watched that match uh, on Saturday, and uh, I was just really impressed with how well coached they are. They have young guys on that team. They work hard. I I, I, I hate to say it, but I think you're going to see a lot of the Burnhamth players be poached over the next uh, 18 months. Uh, they're, I'm sorry, I keep forgetting his name. Uh, Eddie Howe. Eddie Howe. This guy. You know, this is the guy who needs to get the big job. So he's he's brought them up. I think every division, like they came from like the fifth division or seventh. No, they were on the fringes of becoming non-league football. I remember that. And to one, they have one of the smallest stadiums in all of England. There was there was rumors when they first came into the Premiership that they weren't even going to be allowed to play in their stadium. Well, because I just want to say something small. about this. You know, I don't understand how the parties and the. Uh, Big Sam Allardyce is getting jobs. Mark Hughes, Mark still Hughes. has a job. Yeah, like Burnhamth, Eddie Howe, I mean, you know, it may not translate, right? You know, it may not, same with Dyche, you know, at Burnley. It may not translate what they've done into bigger clubs. It's always, that status is huge. It's a big risk. risk. But these are the guys in England, I think, that have to be given a chance rather than keep bringing in these well, English managers. Man, English yeah. managers exactly. specifically, right? I mean, it's time, you know. Uh, uh, Crystal Palace with a 2-0 over Burnley. Uh, I good mean, to see I, them performing. What's, what's going on at Burnley? Can you explain this I think, to me? I think they're just tired, to be, to be completely honest with you. Um, when you play that style of football and you really don't rotate, as we see at Manchester United, just better players still not performing. I think just the problem is just a real tired. It's kind of sad because I, you know last year the the real um, rebel, uh, re uh, revelations were uh, Burnley, Huddersfield, and, and Brighton. Brighton seems to be holding its own this year, but Huddersfield and Burnley just they, they, they just seem to have fallen off the map. You know, I mean, anything you can, can you, any light you can share on this would be great. I mean, what's your read on this? For me, so like if I look at the table, right? So Huddersfield's still close to the bottom, but you've got Brighton, you know, close to the top ten. Um, doesn't surprise me. I think they. I think I love Chris Houghton as a manager. Yeah. For one, um, and they invest. They, while it hasn't been heavy investment into the team, I think they invested in the areas that they needed to. Huddersfield. Huddersfeld's exactly where I expected them to be. Uh, really just not enough investment into... Well, they don't have that kind team. of budget, right? Yeah, yeah. so I, I think in, enjoy it while they can. Yeah, I think it's important that we we kind of look at this part of the table because often people just kind of like over overlook it. I mean, I'm looking at it right now and uh, kudos to Crystal Palace, kudos to Newcastle for staying where they are. I mean, that's kind of where you expect them. Actually... I would expect them to be lower. I mean, I'm actually. I'd expect Crystal Palace to be higher. To yeah, be well, but no, for me, it's Wolves and West Ham who are underachieving. These these guys need to be 
better. Um, Leicester City, uh, amazing that they're, that, that they're in eighth place. So Leicester beat Watford 2-0 this weekend. West Ham 3-0 over Newcastle, which is a good result. Yeah. Um, Southampton, Man United, we can just skip on that because well, that was boring. Just, wait, it was, listen, that match reve- revealed so much about both coaches and their problems. Now, we could do a series of shows on this, but I guess it's best that we don't. Yeah. Because I, I don't want to feed the beast here, but uh, on this like you know reality TV show that has become Manchester United, but unbelievable that they go down two goals and that they come back storming again. Uh, it's just it's just difficult. It's not right. I, I, I've said this in other places. I, I think that you know United need to be in the top five. It's like you know they need to be there. It, it, it just it doesn't feel right. I, I know this sounds silly and trite, but quite frankly, um, I want to see United fighting with Liverpool and City and uh, and, and Arsenal for, for these places. You know, right now they just don't. And you know they're going into this December eight matches. That's going to be hard when the when the core is rotten. Uh, it's just it, it. There's there's to me there's no way to fix the issue. Um, and it's the issue that your club has faced for I don't know how uh, many years now. Almost uh, well, since since we last won the, the European Cup, and, which and is 2007. you're only just starting to see maybe the light at the end. I think, I, and I think you're being charitable. Milan has uh, got a, a long way to travel before they actually mm-hmm. are a big club again. We'll get and we'll get into yeah. that more when we get into our sure into our Syria segment. Um, and then the matches today, Chelsea over Fulham. I don't think there was much of a surprise there. Chelsea looked completely in control. Uh, Breaks my heart because I'm a Fulham fan. And that's that's actual uh, the natural derby for Chelsea and Fulham. Yeah. Right? Uh, and uh, interesting to watch Sarri, play, uh, Sarri coach a team against uh, Ranieri. Ranieri. Was, Who would have ever thought 25 years ago that there'd be two, two Italian managers uh, in the premiership uh, playing against each other? That, uh, 25 years ago, that was unheard of. You yeah. know what I mean? So, excellent. Um, this afternoon, we were treated to uh, an absolute snooze fest, in, yeah. in my opinion, between Liverpool and Everton. And I think the only reason it was a snooze fest, now no disrespect to either team, I think the only reason it was boring because of what preceded it. And Arsenal over Tottenham today might have been one of the matches of the season. Well, I want to comment on the latter before the uh, the Arsenal thing. Um, the Liverpool match, I didn't see the match. So I'm, I, I'm going to comment on the significance of the result. And I want to make a few comments as to what's going on in Liverpool. We're probably going to get the, into this a little bit more when we get in, in, into the Champions League. But... Um, let me say this. Uh, this is this is an important three points, uh, and they won it ugly. And sometimes you got to win ugly to kind of stay up on the top. Uh, winning ugly is part of it, but something is terribly wrong at Liverpool. Um, this is a team that just looked, uh, you know, like 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 sparkling gold at the beginning of the season, and now they've they've seen like. They seem like there's like something's going on behind the scenes. That's what I think. So you know, my pension for the soap for, opera, for, you know, for for me, like it, it definitely to me, it seems to have started when when Klopp's assistant left close to the end of last season before the Champions League final, is when the cracks started to come out just a little bit. Um, but this, you're right, something seems off. Something seems different. 
I don't want to say like most people have been saying that Salah isn't performing because he has, we're, we're saying that he's underachieving, you know, second season teams and players have figured out how to kind of play them a little differently, but he has more goals and assists than Hazard at this point. So there's really, we're talking Hazard's playing very well, but, <laughs> but Salah is not like, I think both players are, are on the same level of player. I think they're definitely that rung below, like the Messi and the Ronaldo. But I, I, I don't think there's much of a difference between the two of them in terms of skill. Well, listen, let's be honest here at the same time, right? They are in second place, and they're only two points off the mark. Uh, that that has to be acknowledged. Uh, I mean, uh, that that's doing well. That's doing very well. Mm-hmm. However, I mean, some, the, the bubble is bursting. I mean... Something doesn't yeah. see right. Something, something just something, seems. They seem to have lost a step or something. Uh, I mean, the Champions League. We'll get into that you know, a little bit later. At the at the end of the game today, so after Liverpool scored the goal in the ninety sixth minute, two minutes after extra time, probably should have been up. Although there was time wasting by Everton, uh, Klopp ran onto the pitch and kind of hugged Allison at the half at the halfway line. So. If you're a Liverpool supporter, probably one of the greatest things greatest things to watch. But you have to think, another manager in the Premier League does something like this. Well, first of all, this manager would have to win a game. But another manager does this, and you'd have to think it's 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 not it you 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 probably get suspended. Just let me say something. Mourinho, though, you know, let, let's be honest here. You know, Mourinho has kind of made his bet. You know, it, it's you know. You got to remember, this is a guy who stuck a finger in Tata Martino's yes, eye. But okay? you're you're twisting it, though. No, what I'm not. What I'm saying is, he's already Klopp, Klopp is going to be applauded for breaking the rules. Well, I mean, I don't know if he's going to be applauded. I mean, well, I think he is. Like, it's, it's, so, he's going to be applauded by his fans. But I mean, like this to me is like it's it's neither here nor there. But like, if you're going to analyze it, you got to remember, uh, Mourinho's used up his chances. Anytime he's had, he's basically, let's be honest, he's shit the bed every time he's had uh, in, in terms of his behavior. So, of course, he's going to get suspended. Whereas Klopp, you know, he's a likable guy. I mean, this is the thing. Mourinho's not a likable guy, mm. you know. Rules are rules. Uh, uh, Arsenal, it was nice to see their players playing for the shirts for the first time in about 15 years. I want to ask you something. How does it feel to be a Manchester United fan who predicted the Gooners were going to be really good this year? I must have. I was right. Like I, at yeah. the end of the day, I, I was right. They have a they they have a, a coach that that coaches. You're well coached. They, they they bought they finally bought a defensive midfielder that one knows how to make a tackle and can make a pass. First time since Vieira that they've had a midfielder that can do it. And Obama Young. I was wrong on that guy. I mean, he seems the to first. Be- so he's, he's the first player in the Premiership to ten goals, and he barely starts games. I, I, I mean, uh, and Lacazette uh, uh, played phenomenal today. Uh, when he came on, yeah. yeah. And Aaron Ram- here's the weird thing about Arsenal that I don't understand right now. So Aaron, they haven't re-signed Aaron Ramsey, who would be available at a, on a free at the end of the season. Yeah, I don't think they're keeping him. It doesn't make sense to me. I don't see any place for him. I, not as a starter, no. but he does come when he's come on. And I, the only thing I want to speak like speak to like about I think it was like three or four weeks ago. The, the back heel goal where like Bell Baron starts it from, from yeah, right back. Right. right? So Ramsey and, and Ramsey has a bit of an institutional history to the club, right? Because he's really one of the only surviving players from that era. 
So like if that if the purpose is get rid of all touches of Wenger, sure. Makes total sense. But I I, I I've I've seen how that happened at United, and I just don't know if it's the right decision. Well, I mean, Ramsey, let's let's be honest here. I mean, he's good, but he's not great. You no, know, Emery, Emery, if Emery has got designs on building a team with depth, he would keep him. But Ramsey's not the kind of guy who wants to be, you know, a he wants to start. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, you can't blame him. Uh, I want to say one more thing about this in uh, Spurs. I was right. Yeah, they uh, they just can't win the big game. I mean, they're probably one of the best coached, most attractive teams. But, uh, uh, I mean, I just don't want to see – I mean, uh, how do I say this? They just don't seem to have that extra push to get above, uh, you know, that – To win a trophy. Well, I mean, you got to win big games. You got to win against the big teams if you want the, the big the big trophies. You know what I mean? And uh, I mean, well, they did it against Inter, you know, which was cool. But l- 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 they got to do this well, more consistently. Us, but right now, we're not a big team. They got to do this more consistently. Uh, interesting yeah. to note that we didn't see this until, until actually. Now. I did see this. I Early was going to comment. You yeah. know, there was a lot of fighting on the sidelines over this uh, um, during the match, and I wasn't sure what it was all about. But now we're seeing that apparently some of the Spurs fans threw a banana skin at Arsenal's Aubameyang. I mean, that just you know, seriously, some sanctions ha- and they won't, they won't. But some sanctions have to. You know, you, you cannot allow this, particularly in, in the Premiership. Yeah, uh, I think it's difficult. Any comments on just the general look of the look of the table? Arsenal moving ahead of Tottenham on goal differential only right now. Yeah, I want to say something about Man City's defense. I don't think, as we do every week. No, I really need to say this: this idea that that they have this fortress is 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 a, is I think is a myth. I don't think they defend well. I, I think, think Leon exposed that yeah. in the Champions World well, again. That'll be in the Champions League discussion. I, I think that they don't defend well. I don't. I think that they, uh, uh, when they're play, when they're challenged, they make a lot of big mistakes. And I think the only reason that they win, uh, th- that they have this incredible, you know, six goals after fourteen matches, is because they basically control the play all the time and they score these goals. I don't think they defend well. I think when they're going to come up against. Some really smart opposition. I think that this will be revealed. I think it's fair. Liverpool has allowed less goals. Yeah, yeah. Just aren't scoring at a at a pace that they probably were expected to. Yet, I mean, any Liverpool fan will tell you that you know they're still holding pace, right? And that's really all that matters at this point. Right? Yeah. No, I think that's it for the uh, for the Premiership. Uh, let's move on to La Liga. All right. And see what's going on over there. As usual, it's the same cast of characters except Real Madrid's in fifth, which I'm happy to say. Uh, Barca's back on the top. Sevilla. Uh, uh, yeah, Sevilla hasn't played. Yeah, they have a game in it. Yeah, against. Yeah, so they do have a game. Yeah, uh, I mean, the, the, all we got to say about this is something really quick. This is the most wide open Liga Championship we've seen in a very long time. Um, Barcelona just does not look strong, and neither neither does Atletico or Real. This could be a year. I, I doubt it, but if there's any year that it's gonna, it, it could possibly happen. Sevilla could sneak through the mid, the middle. 
So um, actually, they have played 14 matches now. They played Alavest today, both uh, and draw, uh, drew one one, <coughs> actually. So so things get tighter. Yeah. So, so they're on 27, and Alavest goes to 24 points. I don't think Alavest is going to hold on. I've been saying that for a long time right now, but it's like it's it's only you know 14 matches, but. Uh, I, I can't see them holding on that long. I think that within after Christmas, I think if they can, fin- I think Alavest would be very happy if they finish in Europe. In Europe, yeah, if they can finish into like a Period. Europa League spot, yeah. they would be very excited. The only thing that surprises me here is Valencia down on fourteen and Real Betis at tenth. Betis is like they have the one of the most exciting coaches right now in. Europe, and they just don't seem to be consistent. I think that this, I don't think he has the players to play that kind of total football that he like. He basically is a devotee of, you know, um, Kike. Basically, I don't know. Uh, I, I expect Batiste to be up higher. Yeah, do you have any like Bill? Even like for me, it's Bilbao. Seeing Bilbao in the relegation places, could it be that? the policy of only Basque players might need to come to an end. My response is this. Okay. Look at the record. One win, eight draws, four losses. Four of those uh, draws go one way for a victory, and that's 12 points. They're at 24. That puts them up like in the top. I don't think that's going to last. I think that that Bill Bow uh, will will find themselves mid-table soon enough. Fair enough. Um, nothing really no. else to, to go over. I mean, Atleti today, like, you know, like drawing against Girona, like, come on, guys. This is the year. This is the year. You cannot let games like this go by. I mean, who knows what's going on there? I mean, maybe maybe fatigue. But, you know, uh, it, it, this is the year that Real Madrid and Barcelona look don't look as strong as, as they normally do. And, Atleti has really not changed much. They should be, you know, pushing further, you know, but they're not. They're underachieving, in my opinion. I think that's, uh, but across the board, big teams, right uh, now, except for Manchester City and and Juventus, I think are the only teams that are not underachieving. <laughs> there's a good argument to be made that they're not real clubs anymore. <laughs> uh, moving on to Syria um, or Juve versus you know, the, rest. the rest, yeah. Um, Juve, I'm not even. Juve is on 40 points. They haven't lost yet. And they're not going to. I don't think. Uh, I mean, I'd, I'd be really surprised uh, if they start to drop points. Uh, they just look. This is the team. I, I said it again. I, I'm picking them to win the Champions League uh, because just like Paris Saint Germain, these guys will have solved their league championships like with 15 games probably left in the season. PSG still needs to qualify for yeah. the Champions. Well, we'll talk about that, of course. Um, I was very happy with my Milan, uh, but once again, they went behind to Parma. So, I mean, moving into fourth place is big. Lazio, uh, stupidity over there. Uh, I mean, if you listen to uh, Simone Inzaghi speak this week, and you, you, you said, how is this guy the coach of this team? And they, did, they just don't seem to have that little extra to get into the Champions League. Torino, very happy to see them there. Sassuolo, happy to see them where they are. Same with Parma. Roma just breaks my heart year in and year out. You know I have a soft spot for Roma. And they, they seem to be, again, once again, underachieving. Apparently, Eusebio Di Francesco is... Uh, On the block. And yeah. Conte to replace yeah. him. 
which uh, I'll tell you something. I I'm serious about this. Uh, I would trade Gattuso for Di Francesco any day. I'm pretty week. sure I would trade Mourinho for Di Francesco. Yeah, so. Yeah. so, I mean, uh, but uh, I, I, that might be heresy in certain circles. Now, that being said, Inter, Inter has played their what looks to be their game in hand uh, against Roma today. Yeah. Uh, they drew 2-2. Two -two. Surprise. Uh, good hold, uh, Kolarov with a penalty in the 74th minute to to make the draw. I still think that Inter Milan is a project in the making. I still think that there's there is maybe a year or two of them of kind of seasoning themselves and getting better. I see Inter Milan within a year to two years beginning. Do you the think Spal is, but does Spalletti get the time to do that? Yeah, I think he does. I think he gets the time to try. You don't, you don't think there would be the uh, ownership has been rather impatient over years. No, I I, I think Spalletti will, will will get his will get his chance. Uh, I, I, it, there'll be a lot. I of think as long as they like, now, I would say as long as they stay in this Champions League qualification area, because I think if they drop, there's a lot. There'll be a lot of squawking, like there is in Italian football. That's be, fair. There'll be a lot of drama. There'll be a lot of Willie Cardi stay. Will he go to Real Madrid? Quite frankly, I think they can actually get rid of him and, and, and replace him with, with Lautaro. Not even Lautaro, but there's a number of great strikers that that that, that are in Italy. Yeah, yeah. So. absolutely. Speaking of uh, great strikers in Italy, uh, Piatek still with ten. Yeah, Ciro Immobile with nine goals. How does that happen? I don't understand. I, I'm actually more surprised with Quagliarella. Uh, now, Quagliarella is, is a natural. He's he's gifted. It's too bad. I mean, you know his story, right, about what happened to him? Mm -hmm. yeah. We've just, yeah, we've discussed yeah. this at length. Uh, this, like, weird, bizarre stalking uh, from a, 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 a police officer who's almost really ruined his life and his career. But Quagliarella is, is perhaps one of the most... Uh, uncashed uh, talents in Italian football. And Bleacher Report did actually a very good series yeah. series on that. If you're if you'd like to hear it, but I, I would really I, I, it doesn't surprise me. But what surprises me is 34 now, and he's still he's still scoring goals. goals. Yeah, your Suzo, I yeah, uh, eight assists. I think uh, this is Milan's project. Milan is going to basically monetize their talents, and I think that uh, you know they're going to try to sell these guys, turn them into bigger players, and then keep pouring the money back in. I think Suzo is going to be the first guy to go. But anyways. I think that's fair. Uh, moving on uh, to the Bundesliga. Dortmund uh, sitting pretty at the top again, the seven-point seven lead. So nice to see Bayern Munich down at fourth place. Speaking of Bayern Munich... <coughs> are one of one I, I I think one of the most favorite players of this entire podcast because I think he's one of the players we talk about the most uh, has decided that uh, maybe it's not time to hang up the boots but it's it's time to time to leave to leave Bayern. Excuse my language. Fuck that guy. That's how I feel about Iron Robin. Okay. Uh, good riddance. I mean, I, look, man. I I don't know. You know. There's people who are going to say he's a great footballer. You know, that, that little cutting move that he does, 
You know, it scores. scores it works. Like it's amazing that nobody's ever been able to stop him. Maybe it's a sign of how good he really is. That you know that nobody can stop him, even though he telegraphs well, that if move. You, if you try to stop him, he falls down. Yeah, right? but that. I mean, I'm sorry. Uh, there's something just really despicable about this guy. I just he's not likable in any way. I mean, people talk about Neymar. Robin is far worse than Neymar, man. I think it's the theatrics with with Neymar, but Robin actually has. A, a pretty good history of those theatrics. It's not the theatrics. Well. He's also just a really lousy human being. I mean, nobody likes him. He's never been liked at any club he's ever played. He's had personality issues with just about everyone, you know? So well, that does that speak to like a Dutch? Hey, take it easy. <laughs> but no, no, I'm serious. Like we've seen it with a lot of both managers and, and players that like outside of, Outside of playing in in the Dutch league, like start well, with start with Louis Van Hall. Who, well, never mind Van Hall. Cruyff. Yeah. I mean, Cruyff was perhaps one of the most arrogant guys ever. I mean, there is an arrogance that definitely is. But then again, for you know, for Cruyff, I can point you at Ruud Hullet or Frankie Rijkaard, you know, and Marco Van Basten. They never behaved. Uh, uh, as, as, as or what um, De Jong? We can talk about one of our. Yeah, I mean, they, time. yeah. They never behaved. They never behaved with that kind of arrogance. I mean, yeah, Hulot was flamboyant, but he wasn't arrogant. Yeah, know? and I think maybe it was rightly deserved. They 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 always performed well, yeah. mostly in tournaments. There's nothing really to say about this this league other than I really want to see Dortmund win. Win exactly. Schalke is Schalke started to work their way back up by the looks of it. And I'd really be hard. If Mönchengladbach stayed in second place, that's my team in Germany. Uh, I went to see them a couple of times back in the day. I actually saw them say, play St. Pauli, or St. Pauli, as they would say. It was fantastic. And I think, you know... And you chose Mönchengladbach as the club always. support over St. Pauli? Yeah, always. I, I always have a soft spot for them. Also, uh, I, I sat with the St. Pauli fans, which was fantastic, and then ended up going to Hamburg with them uh, ooh, for three ooh. days. Ooh. Going back on the train to Hamburg, it was unbelievable. It was an incredible experience. Uh, and for those of you that are following the Bundesliga 2, I know we brought it up last week, but just to uh, look at the table, St. Pauli still sitting in fourth place on 25 points, uh, two points back of Union Berlin in the uh, promotion places. I'm very happy to see that Hamburg uh, is on the way back up to the first division where they belong. Uh, they have a, a, a bit of a history there, for sure. Yeah, they, they this, this is a big club. They don't belong in the, in the second division, but it happens, you know. Well, sometimes you have to learn. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we return, um, we're going to go jump into the MLS finals, the Copa Libertadores uh, International Cup final. And uh, lastly, we'll jump into the results from the Champions League over the past week. We'll be right back. And we are back. Uh, Going to jump into the MLS playoff championships. So um, New York and uh, Portland were uh, – or was Portland? No, Portland's through. Sorry. I was thinking Sporting Kansas City was through, but I was completely wrong. Portland went through. So we have Atlanta United 
coming up uh, against Portland. Uh, the match will be played in Atlanta because the team with the best record hosts the final. Um, contrasting styles between both teams. Yep. Before I get into the final, I do just really want to say, you know, and we talk about this a lot, right, where uh, the supporter shield is the more important trophy tool. It should be. I agree. Um, but a lot of times, and especially the Red Bull, uh, as much as we're not a big fan of New York Red Bulls, they have won the Supporter Shield three times in the last five years. Uh, in, in, despite not winning in the playoffs, deserve a lot of credit for for winning that trophy. Totally, I uh, you know how I feel about this. I think, in my opinion, the Supporter Shield is a much more difficult trophy to win, um, it, it, especially in this league. You know, especially the way the league is, is situated. Uh, when Toronto won it a couple of years ago, uh, I thought that was a, a crowning achievement. Uh, but uh, go back to the final. Uh, this is the final I kind of wanted to see. Um, I, I, I have a soft spot for both these teams. I love Atlanta, uh, the way they play. I love what they've done there. I mean, talk about like a successful story of like building. Almost 100,000 people. Have shown up. Who would have known? Who would have known that? I would have picked Atlanta. That the state of Georgia has this kind of. You think it's American gridiron football? You would think. You would think West Coast or Miami. But like this is just a. It's a tremendous success story, and you know Portland Timbers. This is a team that has a serious tradition in the MLS. And, and actually in football in North America. So, like, uh, you know. And probably one of the best players to have played in, in MLS in Diego Valeri. Yeah, for sure. Uh, who's the Colombian defender that they had for such a long time? He played in Mexico for a very, very long time. He's no longer there, I don't think. Um, oh, my goodness. I, I, can't I saw him play uh, several years ago against uh, 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 the new kind of uh, Vancouver Whitecaps. It was a fantastic match. That's when they won the Cascadia Cup there. I was there. But no, I mean, uh, i got to be honest with you. I don't see them winning. Uh, I don't have a horse in this race. I, I just want to see match. a good game. Yeah, yep. I want to see a good match. Uh, Portland fans have packed up uh, what they call the victory log. Yeah. So they've got the they've got the log coming down. And they'll cut it uh, in game. Uh, good of Atlanta to give them the place to actually do it. When uh, when Portland played Seattle in a semifinal uh, either last year or two years ago, and now remember Seattle and Portland, probably one of the best derby games in in all of MLS. Um, they do not like each other at all. And uh, Atlanta's manager. Um, he's off to Mexico after this, right? Yes, so he's taking over the, uh, the national, national team. team. He should be taking over the, the Argentinian national team. Well, if, you, if you asked you yeah. and Diego Maradona, I think you'd both say the same thing. Yeah, and it's kind of sad that that's not going to happen. Uh, but Martino, uh, I this is one of the things. I, this is his team. This he is his baby. It. It's, it's all yeah. built by... And I would have liked to have seen him stay there because I really think that Atlanta Atlanta United would win the Concacaf Championship. I would like to. I would have liked to because it, yeah. it looks like they're already going to qualify for the CCL. Yeah. Um, so if he had stayed for one more year, I, I definitely think that uh, probably one of the best because they play a con. I don't want to say continental game, but they it's it's, the it's, kind of it's, game. A, it's a continental game in that it's it's not North American. 
It's a game that would literally give Mexican sides a hard time. And the players that he has, you know, are also big Latin American stars. Well, and, and think about it, like, they are a stadium that sells out and gets incredibly loud. Somebody has got to explain this to me. I, I'm sorry, but like Atlanta, Georgia, like. The, well, maybe we'll talk to your guy Kartek at some point. Yeah, ex- I would like to get him. Yeah, I'd like to. I'd like to get him this on the show. Is. He, he's definitely somebody we've got to target to get onto the show. So I guess uh, any, any predictions? Uh, I just think Atlanta has been so good. I, I I just don't see Portland sticking with them. That being said, defense wins championships. Yep. Contrasting styles. There's. There's definitely a chance that that Portland can take it. Well, we saw Toronto lose it uh, against Seattle, so you know it happens. Yeah. Uh, moving on to the the now international Copa Libertadores final, a la Madrid. Um, I'm gonna let you go first, and then you've got to let me go because was it the right decision to move the game? Yes. Um, See, I disagree with that, but we'll get to that in a second. Was it right to move it to Madrid? No. Uh, my choice would have been to move it to Miami, play the game at 5 o'clock right before the MLS final uh, on December 8th. Would have been great advertising for CONCACAF and really drawn more relationships between uh, everything and probably would have helped to develop viewership in uh, in North American football. I, I don't think that the game should be played in Argentina or South America uh, just because the security is not there to be able to protect players before the game. Um, that being said, if somebody wants to take a pot shot at any politician and at the G20, you know, maybe they should have let the game be played in Argentina and accidents can happen, but that's okay. That's, uh, that's neither here nor there. Um, do I think River deserves to play the game still? Yes. And the reason, the, I have only one reason for it. Uh, if the violence had taken place inside the stadium during the match or before the match had started, and there was violence in the stadium, totally will admit to that. But the the main source of violence happened outside of the stadium, which uh, was not under River Plate control. It was under Argentine police control. And, and really, River cannot be faulted for that. The Berra Brava most definitely can be faulted for it, but they're not the club. So Well, look, man. I disagree fundamentally with just about everything you say on this. And uh, I, I, I was really holding back. First of all, this idea that the Copa Libertadores should be played outside of South America is, to me, the Eurocentric view and a very colonial mentality towards South America. This championship stands on its own has a history of its own, it belongs in its own, it's tradition, this idea that it needs to be sold to the world, no. There is no apologies. They don't have to apologize to anybody for this or anything. This thing should have been played flat out. Where in South America would you choose to play the game again? Okay, this is my solution. The game should not be played, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Several years ago, uh, River meets Boca, the river, uh, the, the Boca fans do the same thing to, to the River players, and they award the final, the semi, the, it was a quarterfinal matchup in the Copa Libertadores, they awarded to River. Okay, River moved on. By this point, in my opinion, Boca, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Boca fan, I'm saying this strictly in the rules, Boca should be awarded the title. 
So I think the difference, and there, there is there is a fundamental difference still, is the violence that happened at the Bombonera happened inside that, the Bombonera, which falls under. Well, you mean in Monumental? No, because the 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 original. No, I'm talking in that that round of sixteen tie. Yeah. So the violence that actually happened in that game. Yeah, I think you're, you're, you're cutting hairs here. But they, it, they attacked it, the team bus. Yeah, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. What I am saying is, and this is strictly under Conmebol's ruling and probably every other, you know, international organization, is that secure, like player security does not fall under the club. Uh, let, let, let me throw this at you. Look, if this happens in Europe, they're awarding it to the other team. So that's not true. End of story. So that's that's not true, though. Because last year, uh, when Liverpool played Manchester City and the Manchester City bus came to Liverpool, Liverpool fans attacked it, did the same thing. Now, no player was injured. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this but... is it. No, I mean, I, I, it doesn't matter. I think that this is, this is ridiculous, and I think that it's become a shit show. And it shows, it shows literally awesome. how, you know, uh, how South America basically has the worst football administrators ever. Okay, Conan Ball is a joke. Uh, the Argentine Federation is an absolute disaster. And, uh, you know, there's no way you're going to expect, okay, uh, the police to... Uh, to be able yeah. to... Yeah, that's I mean, fair. I mean, you know, there was a wonderful discussion on the thread in, in our group. And, you know, there was a, a very good point made that this would be a great way to sell the game. You know, the idea of, like... You know, Argent, the two Argentine teams, or better yet, the South American Copa Libertadores, the Liberty Cup, okay, basically connected to Simon Bolivar. That's why it's called the Liberty Cup, okay, being played in the colonial masters. Being in Spain. And in that's Spain. Why I it's think absurd. Spain. It's an absurd. This is a South American championship. This belongs to South America, and they should never uh, uh, have moved it. And as a matter of fact, if anything, they should be playing it. If if they weren't going to award the championship to Boca, they should uh, they should be playing it in the Monumental, regardless. But just no fans. So behind closed doors. No, with fans. Let the game go. And I'll say this just the way Federico Fuente said it. This this to me is is a, a, an arrow through the heart. Of the, the Copa Libertadores. This is not something that's going to make it better. It's just it's going to make it farcical. Yeah, I think that's that's fair. Um, that being said, like next year, it's it's changing, right? The yeah. finals finals going to be just a one one off. And one off in a neutral in a, in a well in a declared place yeah. early. You know, if if a team from that city makes it, that's fantastic. You know, but uh, it's it. I, I mean, I'm really disappointed. I I. I uh, to me, if Boca wins or whoever wins, it's just going to have this massive asterisk beside it. Yeah, well, and I think it was going to have the asterisk next to it, yeah. no matter where it had been played, if it had been played, anything. It may still not be played. River might just say, no, we're not playing, and in which case, yeah, then, then it will be awarded. Well, that being said, uh, uh, Marcelo Gallardo, or Gallardo, as they would say, uh, to me has been... Uh, an absolute gentleman and a sportsman. You know, he's even said it that he didn't even want to win it that way when you know when they kind of what, what did they do? They postponed it twice inside of a day. Yeah, yeah. So they pushed it back an hour and then they pushed it back another two hours Just, and then posted yeah. it to the Sunday and then canceled it, it. and then yeah yeah they definitely postponed it. What a joke! Yeah, I think that's yeah summarizes it's, it pretty well. Such a beautiful tournament it has to suffer this fate. 
Again, so, it was, uh, yeah. Uh, speaking, of, speaking of another tournament that's suffering a horrible fate, the Champions League. Yeah, so Group A, no real comments there. Uh, uh, Bruges actually held Dortmund, though, uh, which allowed Atleti to uh, to move ahead two points up. Which would be good because you become seeded, right? Yeah, you win your group, you'll be you'll yeah. be you'll be safe through. Um, that means Bruges automatically will be uh, put into the Europa League, which I know how you feel about that. Um, and Monaco is eliminated. None of those teams should be in. The, you should bottom two teams should be eliminated. I start. We we are together on this one. Group B: uh, Barcelona automatically through. Tottenham has moved up uh, ahead of Inter, although Inter plays PSV on the final day, whereas Tottenham has Barcelona. Um, with pretty much Tottenham needing to match or better Inter's result against PSV. You know, on paper, you'd think that Inter would make short work of PSV and Tottenham would lose to Barcelona. But I wouldn't say anything like that. PSV is not, they're not pushovers. They're in a very tough group. And Inter has shown the season that they can lose to anybody. And, uh, and, uh, you know, by that point, Barca will not be fielding the first team. No, they're going to get other players in with some experience. Exactly. Time. And Tottenham, that, that, that's a game that Tottenham can totally take advantage of. Uh, I'm going to skip this group next because I want to come back to this one because I think this fair. is the fair one enough. we're going to come back to. Uh, group D uh, has almost been completely wrapped up here. Porto and Schalke are going through. Uh, Galatasaray sits on four points, but Lokomotiv sits on three. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens there to see who drops into the Europa League. For sure. Uh, group E, uh, Bayern and uh, Ajax going through already. Only thing to decide uh, will be seeding, uh, yeah. whether or not Benfica, Ajax finishes ahead. Benfica seems to be, uh, has a straight route into the Europa League. Uh, yep, yeah. uh, but uh, as they're cursed by our namesake, they're not going to win that tournament either. <laughs> um, moving on, uh, actually, probably one of the best matches of the round was the 2-2 draw between Manchester City and Lyon. Lyon, again, uh, a win and a draw against um, uh, against Manchester City. Julian Lorenz had some really interesting things to say about uh, Lyon's manager. Uh, and I think it was also um, uh, James Horncastle on the other pod um, saying that he's one of the most overlooked managers in all of all of Europe right now. And I can't remember his last name. His first name is Bruno, I believe. And uh, he, I, I haven't really been following him or Leon, but, you know, uh, yeah, Genesio. Yeah, that's it. And, uh, you know, apparently this man is, uh, is, is going to be uh, the next big thing to come out of France. And uh, if anybody knows anything about him, please let us know. Uh, it would be I would be curious to hear uh, what the deal is about him. Apparently, he's supposed to be the next big football guru to come out of I think I think what we have to do is we have to talk about one. You talk about Manchester City's defense; they've given up five goals in the Champions League and only six goals in in the Premier League, and four of them are, are from from Lyon. Yeah, yeah, four of them are from Lyon. So Lyon has figured something out. They pressed them. And I think yeah. there's there's one player in that team that I think of because he played for my club not well. Did not play for my club very well at all. That's Memphis Depay. Well, he's been who's, playing. Who's been probably instrumental in not only the resurgence of Lyon as a club, but as the Dutch national team has seen a resurgence. 
I want to say something about Memphis Depay. I get the feeling that if they take him out of Lyon and put him on another big team, something happens. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I think he's a really good player, but I think that he needs to be on a team. Do you know? Do you know he's? I think where he's, he's like situated properly. He's, you know, he's either dating or he's married to Steve Harvey's daughter. Steve Harvey, the the salami from uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. from uh, the, the comedian. Yeah, yeah. The, the salami from uh, Family Feud. Oh my God! Yeah, yeah, yeah. Castile, uh, way Memphis. Uh, uh, group G: uh, Real Madrid and Roma are through. Only decision will be who again goes through uh, yeah. uh, in first place. Wouldn't it be great for Plitzen to make it to the Europa over Cheska? Yeah, that would be amazing. Fantastic. They're both on four points. So again, results Small will matter. Small little Czech club. Uh, Juve and, and United through yeah. uh, Valencia also going through. There's a real benign group this year, man. I mean, between like, like you know, Juventus is like sterile, kind of like winning, and United's kind of like, you know, national. Yeah, like it's just, I don't know. I mean, we're going to see. I mean, I like the, to me, the tournament begins the next round and draws will be interesting. Yeah. I would, I would. And you know what? Let's, we might get, we'll get into that after the last round because we'll be able to make predictions on what could happen. But I want to say, I would really love to watch Manchester United versus Ajax in the next round. Well, yeah, it's going to be difficult for everybody next round. Yeah, there are no bad teams. Well, yeah. maybe, maybe No not. easy games. Well, Shaka Porto, but nonetheless, you still got to win. Yeah. Uh, and then we're going to go back uh, to Group C, which is like the most interesting group in all of all of the Champions League. Liverpool shit the bed. Again. They, they I don't, like, you know, I mean, they, they can cry about the antics of... Thiago Silva, Verratti. Uh, Verratti Neymar. should have been sent off. I mean, like no, that... but he didn't. You got to play with what the referee gives you. Okay, I mean, you can. But they didn't do anything. They did not do anything. They did not. Do, they didn't like. They they did not play well with the ball. They did not do anything to really merit like real pressure. And they made, quite frankly, they made Paris Saint Germain look unbelievable. Yep. So. Uh, match day six, December uh, December eleventh. You've got Red Star versus PSG. Red Star could actually still, if Red Star beats PSG and Napoli beats Liverpool, Red Star will finish in the Champions League positions. And na- now, let's say PSG has to go to Red Star to play this game. Well, that's you know playing in, in La Maracana and Red Star uh, in Belgrade is not an easy task. Uh, I don't think that makes Red Star a favorite. Okay? <laughs> no, um, this should be short work for PSG. But then this is this is perhaps one of the most uh, anemic football squads I've ever seen. Uh, you know, I'm with Barry oh, Glendening. Red this. Star, Red Star is going to be yeah. like Red, if Red yeah. Star is not if Red Star sees they're not going to win the game, they're going to play very. They're physical. going to yeah. beat them. But then I just want to say this: I'm with Barry Glendening. There is nothing redeeming about PSG. There's nothing likable. There's nothing likable about their players, their ownership. I like the one, the yeah. French, the French midfielder, Rabiot. I yeah, do like but him. still, I you know, but guilt, it's difficult. It's guilt by association. That's fair. Yeah, I mean, I'm sorry. The the, the clubs right now, like you know, PSG and uh, Manchester, Manchester City. City, 
these, these are no longer clubs anymore. You know, they're, they're no longer the clubs that they oh, were. They're, they're multi. They're MNCs now. Yeah, and, and I mean, you can just see this collection of these guys who really have no relationship to each other. I mean, you can see Mbappe in that match. Mbappe and Neymar refusing to pass the ball to Cavani. Like somebody go rescue Edinson Cavani. How many times do we say this every podcast? Like Someone this rescue this guy. Yeah, and Napoli. If Napoli go through. I'll be very happy because that's the one club in that team, I think, in that group that has played really hardcore in merit. Like, you know, the players that they lost, the coaches that Carlo Ancelotti should be given a medal for what he's done. To a draw, so a draw will take them through, but they, they it'll be a tough match against them. It'll be a very tough match. Uh, that's the only one I'm really looking forward to. And I think that, the, quite frankly, the tournament really begins in, in the knockout stage in February. Yeah. So those matches are coming up December, uh, December eleventh. Um, do you have any any other predictions for the for the Champions League? No. Anything you want to talk about in the Europa League? We've had you know we've we've never really gotten into it, but again, theirs doesn't start until third place of all these groups. Really uh, and falls even in. then, even then, I think it just becomes. Yeah. A, I mean, this, this this is just you know this to me is a is a crime against football that these. Teams have finished third place in the group, kind of buy it into into the another group stage. Another groups, yeah. please. This is just so wrong. This is what's destroying the game of football, in my opinion. Yeah. So that just about wraps it up for us here today, Julian. Jiminy, final. What's your what's your final thought? Actually, we have questions. Uh, so last week we talked about who the greatest goalkeepers and greatest free kick takers were. Notice we, we didn't say Buffon, by the way. Nobody's, and like, and we have a lot of, like, there are a lot of listeners, and I nobody did. said Buffon or Neuer. Well, look, man, Buffon is a great goalkeeper. Maybe the greatest. He's very good at making sure when the ball goes over yeah. the line, he can bring it back over. Oh, yeah, so is Neuer. No, they, they belong, like, they, they belong in a class themselves. Again, not a likable guy. I, I was really impressed by some of the things, but I was so glad that, Chilever also came up for the second time because I, I love Chilever. Um, what, 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 are we, what are we asking this week? I was going to ask see if you had one for me because normally I ask you. But... Well, I mean, the the great rivalries. What are the great rivalries? So I don't want to go into like the typical derbies, right? Because, yeah. Like we can talk Barca Real, Celtic Rangers, Boca River. Yeah, we can talk United Liverpool, United Arsenal, now United City. Uh, even United Chelsea from like 2001, 2002 to 2010. Um, I, I like more like Zamlak versus Ahali in, in Egypt. That's a fantastic. Uh, Red Star Belgrade versus Partizan Belgrade. Uh, the, uh, the the great... Oh, Porto Benfica yeah. has always been one as well. Slavia Prague versus, uh, versus Sparta. I mean, which ones are your favorites? You know, I also, hey, Columbus versus Toronto. No, that's one of the, what is, what are some of the most manufactured derbies? And that's the first one. But it, it, actually, it actually works. It actually, those two teams actually play each other hard. But now when you watch Toronto, I like Toronto, Montreal much, yeah. much more. Yeah. It, it's, it's much more interesting. Yeah, but I, you know, I, I like like to, or, or what is it? Uh, the uh, uh, in, in Mexico, it's America against everybody else. Yes. Yeah, uh, uh, but was, it's America Chivas. It's I, America was, Chivas. I was going to ask you, what's the worst tackle? What is the worst tackle you've ever seen? 
without a doubt, Roy Keane and uh, Alpha England. I, I can never pronounce his last name. England. 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 That was by far the worst. And I remember a tackle once, okay, by a young Marco Matarazzi on Gigi Lentini, where the studs literally went into Gigi Lentini's rib cage. Gonna, you can see that on yeah, YouTube. You can so find it on YouTube. Of, I think I think my 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 choice for this one, and it's only because he uh for some reason wasn't shown a red card. Um Nigel de Young on Xabi Alonso in the, in world, the world Cup final. He, he straight red. Straight red. Well, if, if Nanny gets sent off for a red against yeah. Real Madrid for not touching Marcelo with a high boot, yeah. that's a high boot. That was that that that's like three game suspension high boot. Yeah. Oh, it is more than yeah, that. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah. Special mention to Vinnie Jones uh, when he played for Wimbledon. He grabs uh, Paul Gascoigne by the family jewels and throws him to, yeah, the ground. to the ground. That's a good one. Yeah. So tell us, uh, tell us what your favorite uh, favorite derby, and it could be your favorite derby moment too. So you can talk about the famous Roy Keane Patrick Vieira moments. Uh, but any, you can tell us what your favorite derby is, your your or, or just your favorite derby moment. As well as uh, the worst, the worst tackle that you have ever seen. Before we sign off, I do want to tell you that my favorite driving moment once was this was a match I saw over twenty five years ago. Was FC Bruges against Anderlecht, and the game finished four three. It was a marvelous, marvelous game, which is the national derby, or with a Brugge or Bruges or whatever they want to call it. It was it's the national derby of Belgium. It was one of the best games I ever saw in my life. Well, I can give you mine, but mine should be pretty obvious. Well, which one is that? Oh, Ryan Giggs tearing you apart for years. The goal that he scores in the FA Cup. But is that that's not the natural derby. That's just but the at rival. the time that, that was, was a rival. That yeah. was a, those two guys ended up becoming like our well, rivals. Stephen. Okay, so if we're gonna talk about the derby, well, I'll go with the North, the, the, the North Derby, right? And that's that's. Steve, and this was Steven Gerrard's last ever game against Manchester United. He doesn't start the game. He comes on in the second half, and he's red-carded within 30 seconds. <laughs> and I think that might be my favorite moment. Well, I mean, there's a lot There's a lot to talk about. Oh, Forlens, Forlens' goals against Liverpool as well. Yeah, those, yeah. Were, those were good moments as well. Yeah. I have to, like, really dig back. Uh, Dimitar Berbatov with the, the overhead kick against Pep Reina and the, and the hat trick against oh, well, Liverpool. Don't, don't that forget, was a good one. Too. Don't forget uh, the Champions League final several years ago when uh, Cholo, uh, um, Cholo Simeone gets totally pissed off at Rafael Bahrain, gets the ball and just hoofs it at him in the, in the final stages of the match. Fantastic. Yeah. Oh, the, the fight between Real Madrid and Barcelona, right? Right. Where, oh, where, yeah. where you oh. mentioned it, the, yeah, when Mourinho... Pokes Martino in the, in the eye, or, or Bilbao against uh, against uh, um, uh, Barcelona in the cup final with 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 uh, Diego Maradona, and it ends up they just kicking. Beat, they just yeah. they just beat, they just kicked them the entire time, they, they, and they kicked, and then, and then it turned into like a kick fest brawl at the end of the game. Yeah. So, so you've heard you've heard just uh, just a few of these moments. Obviously, we'll continue to continue to share these. But if uh, if you have other ones that you want to talk about, uh, please send them in. Follow um, us on Twitter. Yes, yeah, so you can follow us on Twitter at, at Bella's Curse, uh, and you can follow us on Facebook as well, uh, Bella Hoodman's Curse. It's our, uh, it's our podcast page. Uh, please please check both of those out for future updates on the podcast. We'll, we'll be sending out a schedule pretty soon too. Tell uh, your friends. Tell your friends, please. Uh, and uh, we are, you know, I know Steve and I seem to be monopolizing what we keep calling the participatory pod, but we've scheduled guests 
in the new year, and we're we're really going to take off in the new year. We got a lot of good things planned, and we're really looking forward to bringing this stuff to you. So and uh, so we'll be recording next week, and then we'll be taking a bit of a Christmas break. So unlike the Premier League, we're uh, we're more continental in our in our breaks. So we'll be taking a break over Christmas, um, but we will be back with uh, with some really great stuff. We've got some really great podcasts planned. So uh, like I said. Twitter, Facebook, you can find us on iTunes and pretty much any other podcast app that you use. And uh, and we'll see you next week. Take care.